that. Unbelievable. Five One of them for we we throwing four interceptions for touchdowns this year. That might be an NFL record. That's pitiful. I mean it's absolutely Yeah, so I just want to welcome everybody to, to the Hell of Flavor podcast. This is episode one, week one. Um, you know, I'm your boy, Hell of Flavor DM. I got my man SB on the line with me, and we, uh, we're about to get into this week's flagrant foul stories. So I'm probably Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, man, it's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening right now in pro sports, man. I mean, we starting off talking about Steph Curry and the Warriors, all the stuff that's going down with them. I mean, injuries galore. I mean, their whole starting four, the best four of the team, the big four is out right now. All four and, players are not playing. And it looks like Steph probably will miss the first round of the playoffs. Yep. So, so what I read this morning. Yeah, so let's get into what happened. Uh, last Friday, March 23rd, um, basically Steph came back from an ankle injury. Everything – Seemed to be going right um, in the first, what, three quarters, I guess to say. I mean, yeah, the man had like yeah. 29, 29 points, man. The dude was playing That's a out of his mind. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Typical Steph night, threes everywhere. It looked like he was back, like nothing was going to happen. And then here it comes. All of a sudden, JaVale McGee goes up for a rebound. It's clumsy ass decides to fucking fall back. Boom. Hit him right in the knee. Right in his kneecap. Steph limps off. The whole place, the whole crowd just got quiet because, I mean, being a Warrior fan, you know, every every time Steph gets hurt, I mean, it's happened. This is the fifth time he's gotten hurt this whole year. So, I mean, every time something happens, everybody just is in awe because they have no idea what's going to happen. Turns out that dude basically had a, what, a grade two MCL tear. So, yep. yeah, it's he's going to be out. At least, Steve Kerr just mentioned he's going to be out at least until the start of the, I guess, maybe second round. This morning, Steve Kerr said there is no way. I mean, absolutely no way he's playing in the first round of the playoffs. And, I mean, I guess the Warriors being the Warriors, the first round of the playoffs shouldn't be something to worry about. But if you look at, I mean, being second seed, these same teams that the Warriors have been losing to recently, any one of these teams they may see in the first round at Utah, Portland, Timberwolves, I think, are right on the cusp. And then, I mean, San Antonio's kind of in that thing, looking in and out. We don't know the situation with Kawhi Leonard coming back, if he's going to come back, if he's not. But, I mean, the Warriors have always, I mean, recently they haven't had too much problems with the Spurs. But, I mean, there's always been, I mean, from the beginning, the Spurs have always given the Warriors problems. So it's still an issue. Like, it's still a one issue. and And then I guess my other question is, not just you know you have this, you have Steph out Steph's been out, but right. you've got Clay who's been out for the longest he's ever been out in his career. You got KD right. who who is known for being in and out and known for fragile, and then 
you know, Draymond, who has typically not been out and has, has usually been a, a power horse, but he comes back from injury, you got to worry about him for technicals. My, my thing is the playoff chemistry. Like, what, what is the team chemistry going to look like going into to the playoffs? I mean, yeah, I agree because, I mean, I, I watched the game yesterday when they played the Utah Jazz, and they didn't even look like a team I'd ever seen. Like, I didn't even look like a Warriors team. That looked like the Warriors team from back in 2004. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. A ragtag team trying to come together. But, I mean, we all know what they can do when they are together and when they're fully healthy. I mean, it's the best team in the world. But at this point, like you said, I mean, Steph being out until the second round, possibly. And that's reevaluation. That doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to be back by then. They're going to reevaluate him after that first round. So that's right. the problem. Clay, at this point, I mean, his finger, I think his, his thumb is messed up. I mean, that's on his shooting hand. So, yep. I mean, all they can do right now is wait till it heals, but I mean, that's going to affect the shot. He hasn't shot now, what, in three weeks? So yep. that's going to be a problem. KD has a rib issue. And they're saying basically every time the man breathes, it's a problem. So for that, I mean, you know how the playoffs are. The play, I mean, players are going to hit each other in the ribs with the elbows and stuff like that. They're going to know about all the injuries that the Warriors are having, and they're going to try to take advantage of it. I mean, if I'm, on the, if I'm playing against any of them, I'm going for their finger, uh, uh, Clay's uh, thumb. I'm going for Katie's ribs. Draymond has had shoulder issues the whole year. I mean, nobody really yep. talks about that too much, but he's had shoulder issues the whole year. So, yeah, I mean, you actually had mentioned that earlier to me in the season, and and we kind of like brushed over it, and nobody really kind of addressed it. But Draymond been nursing that shoulder since the beginning of the year. It feels like exactly. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what that's that's going to do. And then again, like I said, you always got to worry about Draymond and his technical situation um, yep. getting down into the playoffs as well. That'll cost him a game or two. Right, because he's already at 15 as of, as of right now. I mean, 16, but you're out at least a game. And we know what happened back in, what was that, 2016, game five, couldn't play. I yep. mean, I'm not trying to say deja vu, but you know what I'm saying? Like, things can happen. That is another thing to note on is uh, the bench. The bench play hasn't been great all year. Um, no. Andre Iguodala coming back uh, and Sean Livingston – I mean, they're older now. Um, they signed them for huge contracts this year, which I think is great in terms of what they have been to our team before. But I don't think that this year that they have it all as they did before. I mean, we're waiting for this bench to turn it up and to, and to, and to be what it was. But I personally, I think this is the worst bench that we've had in the Steve Kerr era. Like, I don't, I don't believe that they don't play defense very well. We have David West, who has been amazing all season for us, who is now just coming back off injury himself, we rely on him too much to, you know, help out with the center position as well as the power forward as a backup. Jordan Bell has been playing, and when he does play, he does play well, but he's, he has injury problems as well. And him being right. a rookie coming in, I don't, you know, that's a different stage. You know, playing an NBA game, that's fun and everything like that, but when you get to that big level and everything gets tight, you know, mistakes happen. We know the Warriors, I mean, they're prone for mistakes. You know, and, and little things like that. I I, just, I think I mean now that they have Quinn Cook coming in there and helping out, Quinn Cook is doing well, but his defense is not really there. And you know, you're facing if you're going to if you're let's say it just starts off with 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 uh, 
Timberwolves, or I would even say maybe uh, Utah. I think Utah's right now in the eighth spot. But let's say Utah, let's say Utah. You know, you're going against Donovan Mitchell, possibly the next round going against either Westbrook or um, or Dame Lillard, and then you got you would have to play Chris Paul if that if it shook up like that, and that's that's hard for for a guy to come in there and, and, and was in the G League to come out and, and try to defend those guys. Those guys are all stars. Every single one of the people that I named are all stars. Donovan Mitchell is going to be the rookie of the year. He's not all star. He's going to be the rookie of the year. So. This is a I mean, you can, everybody. You could potentially, you could potentially go down. I'm talking about, you know, two, three, four. Looking at the seeds, I, I mean, you could pick out two people on the Thunder. You could pick out two people on the Pelicans. I could pick, pick out two people on the Timberwolves that are going to give him problems. Um, right. So yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, bench play ha- has been uh, a serious. You know, non-factor for the Warriors. Sean Livingston isn't producing what he what he used to produce. With, uh, you know, Iggy's not producing what he used to produce. Like you said, David West coming off the injury. Um, Jordan Bell's not what they thought he was going to be for this year. Um, and so, you know, I know you have brought the question up to me, but the question becomes: Did 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 management give up too much to make this team? Like, yeah. did, did management really give up too much to try to make this team happen? Right, and that, and that's and 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 I I feel like it plays a part in with the fans. I know that you know because we've had such a great one. And let me make it clear: when we say we we are Golden State Warriors fans, we from the Bay Area. Um, we've been rooting for this team our whole entire lives. So when we say we, that's why it's, it's we're Golden State Warriors fans. So that's why we're saying we. But I think in the terms of management, management wanted because of the fans and because we had such a great run that they wanted to reward this team and keep this team together. But, I mean, you look down the line, things happen. Things change. The NBA is getting better. I mean, players right. are getting better. People are putting teams together that, you know, not only, I mean, the Warriors are the measuring the, the measuring stick, but, I mean, they're building teams to beat this Warrior team. And by locking down all the players that we've gotten, it's only hammering us because, like I said, I mean, Iguodala getting $17.5 million dollars, and Charles Livingston with eight, and those guys both coming off the bench. I mean, that's great, but that's twenty, that's twenty-four, twenty-five million dollars that they're putting in those guys' pockets. And the bench, the rest of the bench is is, I mean, they're 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 okay, but they're not. I mean, they're NBA players, but they're not on that level to where if it comes down to the playoffs, and as of like as of right now, we we see all four of their stars are out. Those players are not going to be able to go in against any other. Uh, NBA team and produce and produce the same at the right. same level as, as as another starters would. So it's going to be interesting to see if, if if this team can get back, like you said, uh, with the cohesiveness and, and and you know get together and basically have the same kind of playoff run. Because last year, I mean, sixteen and one, that I don't think that's be possible this year. I don't I, I don't yeah. I don't see that being possible for any team or for any team at that matter to win four games series out. I mean, maybe maybe the first no. round, but I don't see that. I mean, because you got – I think the NBA is much more competitive year. this playoff year. Like, I, I think it is right. way exactly. more competitive. I think – um, Yeah. And I think even in the both rounds, got, too. Both yeah, and I, think, I think teams got – I think teams got arrogant. I know I know Cleveland, I know uh, Golden State came into the beginning of this season with, you know, everybody yelling, can we just fast forward to Cleveland Golden State again? Um, right. 
You know, but but you got to remember this. It's guys with pride in this league that heard that and was like, wait, wait we play this game too. Um, right. And so it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think the playoffs overall are going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors bounce back and see how, you know, these guys, are they are they really in it, you know, for what they talked about? You know, this team, this this these players that came together, are they really going to stick this thing out and work together to, to, to do this? And it's interesting to see what momentum is going to do after, after this because, you know, I, I'm I'm almost positive that win or lose, there's going to be a dramatic shakeup on this on this Golden State Warriors team. So I agree with that. I do. I do. I think that you know, basically, the, this playoffs is going to determine a lot, um, not only for the Warriors but for the rest of the league. I mean, you of course, LeBron James uh, will be a free agent in the summertime. Um, a lot of players, actually. Um, Paul George is a uh, bully cousins over there in uh, New Orleans, even though he is coming off an injury. Um, these are big name stars, and I mean, even if the Warriors can get it done this this uh, this run uh, for this year's playoffs, I mean, teams are still going to keep coming. You know, I mean, let's say let's say the Warriors do get past Houston. Well, what if that opens the door for LeBron to come there? Is that going to be a situation where, I mean, can you really consider the Warriors to be the favorite if they continue with the same team? As they is getting a little older, but they cannot. They've paid these guys so much money that they, they will not they will not be able to get bench play to help out. And you put yeah. LeBron James on a team or, or maybe even go to the Lakers and putting Paul George with him or Boogie Cousins. I mean, this the NBA, they're going to keep coming at the Warriors. You know, and the Warriors, Absolutely. I mean, it's not – yeah, the, the NBA, this is the best time for NBA basketball, really. Like, the NBA this year has been phenomenal in terms of just, you know, excitement and everything like that. So it's going to be interesting to see because the Warriors, I mean, even if they do win or if they don't win, I mean, it might be a shakeup either way. Like, I mean, because you're going into a new building uh, in San Francisco. So it definitely will be interesting to see if, if that team stays alive uh Going into that building, they're gonna have to fill seats. Right, exactly, exactly. That's for sure. Well, um, jumping off of of the Warriors, but still staying on basketball. We know this is the uh, the last week of March, which means we are narrowing down March Madness. Uh, right. The, uh, the teams for the final four were decided last night. Um, had some interesting games. The road to to the final four has been. Man. Interesting to say the least. Um, man. You know, it's, uh, UNBC, I didn't even know they had a basketball team until a week and a half. Right. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. And <laughs> the first, I was, this was the first time ever, uh, 16 seeds being the number one seed in the, in the, um, tournament. So, I right. mean, of course they didn't get very far after it, but still, um, I mean, I can tell you firsthand, my, my whole bracket was busted in the first week. It, it was gone. Like I, I didn't, I couldn't predict any of these these games that happened the way they did, the way they shake up. So I mean, it's been, it's definitely been interesting to, to watch and see what's going on. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there's some guys who uh, who made a few dollars betting some long shots in Vegas. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. definitely. I mean, I, I think I heard a thing that I want to say last weekend. Um, five teams that were not supposed to be. Um, moving on, advancing into, into the tournament. Um, if you have bet those five teams, you would have gotten close to three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, that's yeah, that's amazing. 
mean, yeah. five, if you could buy I mean, five games for a hundred dollars each, you would have made three hundred, close to three hundred thousand dollars. Uh, again, mean, though, that has to be a dice roll because you know if you were to tell me number eleven Loyola Chicago would have topped right. some of the teams that they did. I wouldn't have spent my hundred dollars on it. That's just me personally. No. <laughs> Ever. Like why I yeah, it's 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 hard to fathom that these teams like I didn't even know half of these teams were even in it. Like I I couldn't even imagine. I mean, right now how it's shaking up. I mean, Michigan for the final four, Michigan's gonna play little Chicago. I mean, this is an eleven seed that right. just steamrolled and I mean it, it's a great story with, you know, like the the uh what's the nun's name, sister I don't forgot her name, but she, I mean, she's been there and it's been like almost like a good luck charm for them. And, you know, it, it, it's an amazing story, uh, but man, I can't even, I couldn't even imagine a team getting this far, uh, 11 seed even making the final four, you know, so it is something, but right now we uh, have. Yeah. And, and, you know, so as, as we look at, at the tournament, um, you know, a couple of topics for me personally come to mind when you look at teams like Kentucky who were slated to kind of win and, and got ousted the way they did. Obviously, the topics around around water coolers start to come up about like things like one and duns and you know versus right. real teams. You know, to me, the tournament is always a showcase of team basketball, teams that have played together and teams that have chemistry that can come in and knock out a powerhouse, but. You know, there's a lot of conversation about, you know, are these one and duns kind of watering it down? Yeah, they can kind of play a little bit of offense, but they don't, they don't play defense. They don't play team ball and things of that nature. Um, right. And so looking at, looking at that, looking at UNBC, looking at Loyola, uh, who have three and four year players on their squads, um, you know, it, it definitely comes out to be a topic. Like, you know, do, do kids need to stay to, to develop teams, like to make the college game more interesting? Yeah, and I and, and that's that is a topic because if you think about it, I mean Kentucky, um, these big name schools, even Duke to a certain extent, a lot of these guys they already know that they're going to the NBA, and because of the rule that they, you have to stay at least a year or be a year removed from high school, I should say, out of uh, to to make it to the NBA or to be considered you know drafted to the NBA, a lot of these guys are just going knowing, you know, what they're going to do. Like, look, Kentucky players. I mean, look at all the Kentucky players that have came that are in the NBA right now. I mean, big-name people are great players. But they, when they're going to that school there, they're not going there to, to, to be with a team or to be on that team and to make that team successful. They're going there basically to showcase themselves and to go to the NBA. Um, a good example this year is – uh, the guy from Arizona, DeAndre Aiden, I think his name is, um, yep. center. I mean, he's projected to be number one pick. And, you know, most likely he will be. But they were knocked out in the first round. And it just it seemed like they couldn't even really get him the ball and do a lot with him because the teams, they, they, they the team that they played, he game plan around that. And for him, right. it's not a big deal because his future is set. He's not too worried about it. He wasn't aggressively going after the ball. He knew that it didn't make – like some players in, in these tournaments, like a good example, Steph Curry. Steph Curry came, and, and that's where we found out who Steph Curry was when he played with Davidson. Blew up, you know, but they had a team. They had a team. Their team – he had been with that team, I think, for two or three years. That team was together. They knew what they were doing. For Aiden, 
DeAndre Ayton, he knows his career. He knows his faith. He's not worried about looking bad in the tournament. He's going to be the number one pick regardless. It's already been established. We all know that. We can see all these mock drafts that come out. They talk to him every day. They, he has no interest in doing anything. As fast, the faster he can get it out, the easier it is for him in, in general. He declared, he declared for the NBA literally right after the game. Like, the, like in the locker room, he declared for the NBA. That's, so when you were saying about how these one-and-done teams, um, the, the issue is can they be successful in college basketball? To a certain extent, because they're, a lot of them are, the players are a lot better than some of these other schools like UMBC and Loyola, Chicago. They have, they have better talent, but is the time of the chemistry, it, it takes too long. Right. It takes, you right. know, it, it takes, that's, to get chemistry, you need, you need time. You need to work together as a, as a unit for a few years for you to get that. And that's, that ties in the same thing we were talking about with the Warriors. I mean, Losing that chemistry—that's that's a big—that's big in any sport. And if you yeah. don't have so, that, I mean, it, it, yeah, if you don't have that, it definitely it definitely hurts you uh, moving forward. Yeah, and so I, I I um I understand too. Again, you know, just talking to some other coaches that I know and, and things of that nature locally, um, you know, the talk around the water cooler is this idea that if you go to college and commit. Now you're going to have to play for two years at least. Like if you, if they're going to switch it to where you can go straight to the league or go straight to a paid program or whatever it may be, whether it be overseas, whether it be G League, you have that option. But if you don't take that option and you decide to go to school, then they want you to stay at school for at least two years so that they can improve the college game for those kids that are going to be there. Um, and I honestly don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think that is I'll a good idea. And I think, yeah, I think the NBA uh, coming up pretty soon will kind of make a decision on uh, the situation because I feel like it's hurting, like you say, it's hurting college basketball to have these players do this because if their mind's not on the college situation and they're just do, looking to go to the NBA, maybe there's something where if you do come to the NBA, maybe you start in the G League. And right. you, you have that contract where you start there and you have to stay there for a few teams. Like you can get drafted for a certain team, but you have to stay with that team for that, you know, that team owns your rights, but they have to keep you in the G League just to get the, you know, just to get you prepared and ready for the NBA because the NBA is completely different than college. And these guys, I mean, I think it hurts on both sides. The, the guys that are just going there to college for one year just go to the NBA. It hurts the NBA game later because they're not really ready for it. And on the turn, it hurts colleges because colleges are just getting money to have these guys there, and then they just to turn around. It's 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 not really a point for them, for their team, to have these guys just come in and, and leave right away. Right. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I was trying to segue. I'm probably gonna cut this part out. I'm trying to think of a way to segue it into the next section. Um, all right, so switching that switching gears from from basketball for a minute on to NFL free agency and all the things going around the National Football League. There are some flagrant stories going on over there. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that that's probably an understatement at this point. But um, yeah, NFL, NFL, NFL is crazy. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, that that should be the name of the NFL, man, in the National Flagrant League, because that's all this really is. <laughs> all this really is. <laughs> it's not. A, I mean, football is played sometimes, but I mean, this these stories that come up on this on football is just ridiculous. It, yeah, I mean, uh, you got you got guys fighting their own brother butt naked in hallways. Um, you got, man, did you Michael what, was that, what was that about? What was that? Zay, what, who was so, it? Jay Jones for the, I, for the for Buffalo Bills? What, is, what happened? What is what is that about? So, so all of the stories that I could even find out about this had so little information. But from what I gather, uh, mm-hmm. his brother, Zay Jones' brother, came home. And they haven't said anything in the story, but for some reason, Zay Jones was naked and a fight started. So what I'm guessing is somebody was dipping their hand in the cookie jar and was in somebody else's cookies. And, um, you know, things got mad and got heated because I don't see no other reason to have a naked argument with a grown man. Like, I don't. I don't know any other time I've been butt naked fighting somebody. Um, Yeah. In not that I've been trying to fight somebody anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's uh, kind of what I, I figured from it. Like, the girl that he was with, probably, I'm sure there was a girl in the room. Um, he was doing his yeah. thing. Uh, his brother came, and I'm assuming that was either his girl, his friend, or somebody that he knew. And Zay Jones yep. wasn't supposed to be there, and they got into it, and, yeah, I mean... Flavor. I mean, I don't really <laughs> There's no other word for it. Yeah, just, I mean, this dude just said, I thought he could do whatever he wanted to do, and his brother was like, nah, this is not going to go down. You ain't about to be coming over here stealing people's or or whatever. And so we had that. What else happened? Michael Bennett, we push old lady. Is that what I heard? Yeah, yeah. He got an arrest warrant for for pushing over old ladies. I don't know what exactly that was about. Your old woman. Woman, but there's, there's a there's a warrant out for his arrest for pushing an old woman, man. I don't I don't know, Mike Bennett. I mean, for you to be such a uh, you know a man about social change and social justice, uh, I, I'm gonna need you to not be running over old ladies, man. Right, like I don't understand that. Like you, you got a problem with the police and stuff like that. Like you, last year. So last year, uh, we I was out in uh, in Vegas for the Floyd Mayweather and uh, McGregor fight, and I guess right. the video came out about him being he was in the crime well because it was a shooting in Dre's, what everybody thought was a shooting in Dre's. Uh, it turned out it wasn't. Um, a, a fixture fell over and it was loud, like a loud bang. So everybody thought it was a gun, of course. Everybody ran out the club. Bennett supposedly was uh, picked out from the police, and they handcuffed him and everything like that unlawfully. Come out, the story was, dude basically was talking shit to the police, saying all kind of stuff, knowing he's going to get video recorded, knowing that it's it's all going to go down on tape because he is a star and he is a pro athlete. So, of course, and then when the video comes out, you don't hear nothing else from Stu. Like, right. he basically has been putting himself in situations, you know, talking about all this change and everything else, and all this movement from Carl Kaepernick thing, which is a big deal. But yet and still, he's doing stuff like this. 
And so, you know, just following up on this particular story, though, um, I think this is an incident where him trying to be bigger than he needs to be is biting him because this is actually from 2017 Super Bowl. Apparently, he was uh, celebrating. He was on the field with Martellius, his brother, celebrating the, the Patriots' win in the 2017 okay. Super Bowl against the Falcons. And uh, okay, apparently, yeah, while, he was, right, yeah, while he was trying to get on the field to celebrate, he shoved a 66-year-old paraplegic employee. Oh, and God. so, and so, uh, you know, now the person is, is suing them, and, and you know, the city of Houston is 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 indicting him on this felony charge that carries up to ten years in prison for for shoving an elderly or injury of an elderly person. Um, personally, I feel like this is just somebody being like, "Oh yeah, well, I'm going to get this guy back and and say he pushed me down." I don't really know that he really intentionally injured somebody or I doubt that he went out and found a crippled person and ran them over during the middle of the Super Bowl. Um, I would hope not. But, but you're like 6'4", 320. Um, yeah, it's a big dude. Anything could happen at that size. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, he run people over on the field, so I'll see why he wouldn't do it there. Yeah, right. I, I don't know the details, but it it does sound like like you know Michael Bennett, man. You need to calm down and say a little bit, man. I, I mean, again, to be so vocal and be so loud about things, you got to check yourself at the same time too. Exactly. So, what do you think uh, about these quarterbacks? What do you think about these quarterbacks? Um, I mean, what getting paid? Well, I mean, so yeah, Jimmy, you got Jimmy G. Um, you know, me personally being a Forty ers fan, uh, I. I I, I like that we are trying to get excited about something, but at the same time, um, I caution against management putting money behind all this money behind one guy because if it doesn't work out, then we're, we're going to kind of be stuck. Um, right. And so, you know, you got that. You got um, who else just got paid recently? Kirk uh, Cousins. That was the, that yeah, was the Kirk, major one. That was the one Kirk, because he was fully guaranteed. Oh my goodness! Fully guaranteed um, by the Minnesota Vikings. You know, and 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 I'm gonna ask you this, even though I kind of don't know the answer. But has Kirk yeah. Cousins really done anything to get a guaranteed contract of this amount? Like, really? No. Think about his no. career. No, and I can say that easily. No. Um, the situation is this: um, the market called for it. Um, he was going to get paid. Now, this is this this all stems back from Washington. Washington, basically, he played Washington. Washington was dumb enough to keep franchise antagonists doomed. So, no matter what, he was going to make big money. What happened was he played decent. He didn't play great. He played decent. I mean, this man only has one playoff career win in his whole career. Now, you think about that. Minnesota had Case Keenum who we all know is a backup, but played outstanding for that team. Outstanding. Got all the way to the, the end, to you know, almost to, to get to the Super Bowl and lost that game, and he played like shit. Not going to say anything, but he still got that team there. Behind him, they had Sam Bradford. Behind him, they had Teddy Bridgewater. Now, these guys are all capable quarterbacks. And to be honest with you, I don't even think Kirk Cousins once 
when everybody is healthy, is the better, better quarterback. I still think Sam Bradford, as terrible as he has been, has the potential to be the better quarterback out of all of those quarterbacks. But Minnesota decided to drop all three of those quarterbacks, let them all go, and sign a man who literally hasn't done much in his career. Right. And they gave him $84 million guaranteed. I don't know the Now, that makes no it. sense to me. That makes no sense to me when you can have a man like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady making loads less than this dude. But he, how is he the first one with a fully guaranteed contract in NFL history? Right. I don't understand. Yeah, so it's, and it, again, it, it's two parts to, to me. The amount is one thing. So you guys are going to pay him this amount of money. But not only are you paying him this amount, but you are guaranteeing him this amount of money. Like, I, I, I don't know. Does Kirk Cousins know something about you that we don't know? Like, I, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, what does he have on you that you're like, well, no, I got to pay this man. Like, I feel cornered to pay Kirk Cousins of all people. Not, and I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm ragging on Kirk Cousins. You know, the man plays in the NFL. Get your money. Do your thing, dude. But please right. help me understand as an organization what dirt does he have on you that you felt like you needed to make sure he got every dollar that you were going to pay him. Like, I don't understand that. Exactly. Exactly. And it, just, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I really can't fathom. And then on the same side, on the Washington side, you're going to do all that, and then you're going to guarantee Alex Smith some money? For what? Right. Like, I mean, that seems like a lateral move to me. Like, Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith are pretty much the same kind of dude, man. Like, they, they, they the games are, like, literally the same. At least Kirk Cousins takes more chances down the field. Alex Smith just does things. I had to watch this dude, being a Raider fan, play in uh, Kansas City. Now, granted, they did beat us most of the time, but, I mean, it wasn't really him. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, all he did was throw to Travis Kelsey, the tight end. I mean, if that's what you want, I mean, let's see how Vernon Davis does. I mean, if that's what was the whole thing, let's reunite him and Vernon Davis together. I don't – that's not going to work. Didn't work when he was in San Francisco. I was not going to work now. Yeah, so, I mean, Vernon Davis is, is, is at the near the end of his career. Like, they, they, they need to be focused on what is the next step for that team, and I don't think they are. Right. Get into Floyd Money Mayweather. <laughs> MMA Mayweather. <laughs> MMA Mayweather. That's his new name. That's it right there. MMA Mayweather. <laughs> M.M.A. Mayweather. So your man, Buddy May, so he's going to get down there and scrapple, huh? Yeah, so, I, you know. I don't know. For me, I, I was I was okay with him fighting Connor. Um, right. I might even be okay with them doing a second one. What I, what I don't want to see is the water down of Floyd Mayweather. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to right. see him doing stuff just to try to stay relevant, and he end up looking even crazier than he already does because he tried to just stay relevant. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you've been a defensive boxer. You've been a defensive boxer your whole life. Your whole strategy has been duck, dodge, weave. MMA is all about attacking. Like, it's about who's going to attack the fastest, hit the hardest, kind of no mercy type, and I, I don't know that Floyd has that bone in his body. Right. And I and I totally agree. I So basically what happened, um, if you guys don't know, Floyd Mayweather has agreed to, well, not agree, but he is going to 
start training to become an MMA fighter after his 50-0 boxing career. Now, let's – my thing is this. My personal opinion is this. Um, we know, like we just alluded to, that he fought Conor um, and made a ton of money. I mean, a ton of money. Um, around 300000 uh, 300, I'm sorry, $300 million uh, on his fight. Fighting hard. And it was a stage, it was an act, it was a joke. I mean, they marketed the hell out of that shit, and I'm not going to lie, I fell for it. I went to Vegas and went to go see it, and it was entertaining as opposed to because I just didn't believe that Connor would do anything, and Floyd allowed it allowed it to go down and let him fight pretty well for a little, and then he knocked him out in the 10th round. Evident that was going to happen. Vegas made a ton of money. It was great. You know, now he wants to jump over to MMA. Like you said, this is not something that you want to do. Floyd Mayweather is going to go down probably as one of the best, if not the best boxer of all time. For you to just go and to jump into MMA is ridiculous. I mean, this is a sport yeah. that you of all people should know that you cannot just jump into something and expect to do something, and expect to be good at it. I mean, you guys train their whole lives, and you're a boxer. Boxing is fine. It's one thing. But to MMA, fighting in MMA, UFC, that type of stuff, I mean, that's that's a whole bunch of different fighting techniques. It's just not just boxing. There's there's wrestling. There's uh, karate, jiu-jitsu, all that stuff. Um, you know, you can obviously you can use your legs and, and everything like that. I don't think Floyd has enough. Connor, yeah. if, if he wants to fight Connor, it's going to be a problem. Connor will tear him up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's. I mean, first of all, um, I, uh, Floyd is, is. I don't know what weight class he's going to fight in, but he's he's very small um, right. compared to MMA fighters, and I think that's what gave him the advantage over Connor in the boxing match was the fact that he's smaller, more in shape, he's lighter, um, and he's obviously more agile and more nimble. Again. In an MMA fight, that doesn't really mean much because as soon as somebody gets their hands on you, it's a wrap, sir. Um, exactly. So, uh, so I, I I I fear for that. But more importantly, you know, again, as as a fan, as as somebody that's like watched him get to this level, what I don't want to see is like the Michael Jordan baseball thing happen to him, where it's like, oh, I'm yeah. great at this. I'm about to go over here and try to do this now, and then it's like, yeah, nah, we, we really don't. We don't really want to right. see that. <laughs> we don't. I don't want to see no, no footage of Michael Jordan playing baseball ever in my lifetime, ever. Um, right. And so I, my hope, my hope is that you know Floyd doesn't diminish his legacy like that by going by going over there because I personally don't think it's going to be. It might be the first one might be entertaining, but then after that, it's just going to kind of be sad. Oh yeah, the first one is going to sell millions. I mean, we all know that everybody will watch it. I'll watch it. It's not going to be – I mean, it, it's going to be a shit show. But people are going to watch it, and they're going to make money. But once people see that it's it's not the same as what they saw before, his acts, they're just going to stop. I mean, the world today, everything costs. I mean, TV ratings, it's too much money to be watching bullshit. I mean, Floyd trying to stay relevant, you have enough money at this point to either, I mean, personally, if, if he really wanted to keep fighting, keep fighting. He's still the right. biggest show in terms of boxing. I mean, not MMA, but in terms of boxing, he's still the biggest show. 
you could just do it one time a year, you'd still make the money back because you're still more you're still more skilled than the rest of the people. Like there's only like yes, AJ is catching up to Floyd, but as we saw in the last, Floyd can still fight. He's 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 smarter than than all boxers because he 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 uses his mind as well with his defense. He can still do that, right. but to go to MMA right. just to get a bag, like that's that's pointless. I mean, he'll he'll realize after his fight if he doesn't get his ass knocked out that this shit wasn't worth it. Yeah, and and again. The first was going to be fun and interesting, uh, right. just like the McGregor one was. But I, I don't want to see him try to pursue a career as an MMA fighter. It's going to be ugly. It, it's and I get I get Floyd. He's all about the money, and he's probably looking at the landscape and he's probably seeing the boxing isn't making the same money that MMA was. And you know Floyd spends money in a big way, and so if he wants to keep living that lifestyle, he's going to have to do things that are going to attract big money. I, I'm, my hope is that he finds something other than getting beat up in an octagon um, to do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see, though. I mean, let's. I guess we can see how it goes, and we can revisit this when it actually happens, because I, I, it's going to happen. And well, yeah, you know, it's Vegas happen. will be behind him because he makes money for Vegas, so, you know, they're going to make it happen. Um, yes, yeah, I'm just interested to see how it all plays out. So, who's uh, betting? Let's do the let's do the betting round. What what? Oh yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. Let's for the um, NCAA tournament. Let's do some. What is the? All right, so what's the spread on the Michigan Loyola game looking like? Well, right now Michigan is favored by five. So Michigan uh, is a five point favorite. Um, they're the number three seed Loyola. Chicago is the number eleven seed. They'll be playing this Saturday coming up uh in San Antonio. Um, personally, me, um if I was to make this bet, which I probably will, um, I would take Loyola in the to cover the first half. Um, I think it'll stay close for the beginning. Um Loyola is all, like I said before, the energy behind Loyola right now is huge. I mean, people want this Cinderella story to happen. I mean, they've got all the, the thing with Sister Jean and everybody coming and coming out the woodworks becoming Loyola fans. And they, I mean, the hype is there. Now, for the game, I would take Michigan minus five. I just don't think that they'll be able to last. I mean, talent – but the talent on Michigan is far superior than Loyola. Um, so if it was up to me personally, I would probably take Loyola to cover the first half of that game. But I would, if you were in a bet on a full game, I would take Michigan minus five. Michigan by five or more than five? Well, they would have, it would have to be more than five. So yeah, cause it's minus five. So you would have to basically take, it would have to be by six points, I guess. So you so you tell me Michigan's gonna win by six or more. Um you know, I I I I don't wanna say I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I, I will say that I feel like I agree with, with Loyola in the first half, but I, I feel like if Michigan wins it's gonna be a two point. So I, I would actually go with Loyola. Um take Loyola the plus five, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I take Loyola plus five because I think if Michigan wins it I think Loyola's going to push them to the end of the game. I think it's going to be a two, three-point game towards the end. Now, if they start to play the foul game, then, yeah, maybe they get over the five points. 
Um, but I honestly feel like this game is going to be close. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, super neutral. It's in Texas. You're looking at traveling fan bases. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan's fan base is going to travel much harder than Loyola's. Um, but I, I, I just feel like this team, you know, watching these kids play, watching Loyola play, they've got what it takes to push Michigan to the end of the game. And so I feel like if, if – I feel like Michigan's going to win, but I feel like they're going to win in a last-second crazy kind of something. Like, I don't think it's going to be a comfortable win for Michigan, in my opinion. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Uh, I'd be interested to see that. I, I can definitely see how that could come. I think I do think that Loyola fans will travel even harder than Michigan. To be honest with you, I think I think that because of the story, because of how great it's been, um, this rise to the the Final Four, and I feel like that whole place might be covered in Loyola fans. To be honest with you, so that yeah, you might be right. They might have that upper hand on it. So it'll be it'll be good to see. Yep. Uh, how about this next game? It's Kansas and Villanova. What do you think about that? Uh, this is a tougher one. Um, you know, I, I've watched only one Kansas game this entire season, uh, unfortunately. Um, it's just hard to keep up. But I've watched a couple of Villanova games. Um, and, you know, Villanova obviously has been dominant in the games that I've watched. Um, but, again, tournament time, anybody can lose. And so, you know, with them being a five-point favorite, to me in college basketball, that that's it's interesting. It's the same as the last game. Like it can come down to the last second thing, or they could play the foul game and end up getting up six, seven points towards the end of the game. Um, you really don't know, but I, I still am going to take Nova to win the game. I'm going to say that the, the pressure to me is more on Kansas than it is on Villanova. I agree with you on that. Um, I am going to take Kansas though with the plus points. Um, I don't necessarily think Kansas will win, but I do think it'll be a close game. Um, Villanova's favored by five, just like uh, Michigan's favored by five. So I think Kansas will stay in the ball game. Um, I am a Kansas fan, obviously, for my family, but I do believe that they will have what it takes. Now, I watched the game yesterday when they played against Duke. Um, their center, Azubuki, is good. It's great for them. It's a tough guy inside, but he fouls a lot. He fouled out yesterday. Mm-hmm. He only had nine points. That might be an issue. Um, if that becomes an issue, then Villanova will take this easily. So that's something to watch, I think, in this game. But I am going to stick with Kansas plus five. Um, but I, I am going to go Villanova to win the game. But I'm going to, for the spread reasons, I want to take Kansas. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Four other things we don't have to spread. Let's let's get each other's winners. What do you? Who do you? So if you're saying that Michigan will win and Villanova will win, right? Yeah, I'm going with Michigan Villanova with Villanova winning the championship. Okay, and I'm I'm actually going to go with this. I'm going to go Michigan and Villanova as well, but I'm going to take Michigan. I had Michigan winning. I thought they could possibly win before the tournament even started, before the seeding started. So at this point, I'm just going to stick with them and ride it out. So that's our picks. I'm going Michigan. That's for Sean. And yeah, I'm going to Villanova. Villanova. All right. That'll work. Yeah. Well, um, I guess this wraps up episode one of Tyler Flavor, the podcast, flavorfile.com. 
Make sure y'all follow us um, at Hella Flagrant SB, at Hella Flagrant EM, at The Flagrant Foul, at Flagrant Fans, at Hella Flagrant, um, at anything with the name Flagrant in it almost. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and and right. check out FlagrantFoul.com and, and HellaFlagrant.com with the merchandise. Uh, available for purchase coming real soon. Um, you know, see you guys on the next podcast, man. Right, we out. Yeah, we out. Yeah. Flavor no foul it, flavor no foul it.